Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. So, I get to preach today. It's an interesting song. So, I get to preach after Easter. And I'm going to start a series today. It's a one-Sunday series. Some of you like that. Some of you like, one-Sunday series, I get it. Um, it. It probably should be a longer series, but you know me, I don't talk much. Um, but today is kind of our, uh, it's our group relaunch. And so today is a great day to reinvest in community and the understanding of why we really need each other. The issue is you don't know where I'm at because at the end of the day, we're called to do life together. We're called to do life in small interactions with people that God has put in your life that can cry with you, love on you. They can hold you accountable, pick up your burdens and help you carry them when you just can't carry the load. And that has a lot of parts to it. But at the end of the day, you know what we all crave? We all crave to be loved and to be held and to be acknowledged and to be valued. And you can't do that isolated. And it would be really weird and creepy if I preached this whole message and you didn't see me. And the title on that slide would eventually cause a lot of... Some of you would actually get angry if I just continued to preach and talk and you never saw me. You would think that was the dumbest thing ever. Some of you would find it humorous for a little bit. Some of you would just tune out. I can do this at home. It's called a podcast. I don't need to interact. If you're not going to interact with me, why am I going to interact with you? And so preaching from the crow's nest would not be... Uh, the most advisable thing to do, oh, that this really tall thing up here that some of you wish that you could get into. Um, anybody wants to come up here after service, I'll, I'll bring you. It's a really cool place up here. Uh, I wanted to do a zip line, um, <laughs> but Aaron said no. And so today we're just going to talk a little bit about investing in community. And so the question is, where are you? Where are you at right now? Physically, yeah, I get it. We're at church. But where are you? Where are you at in terms of community? I'm going to actually try to sit down. Aaron's been doing a really good job of trying to stay put. If you've noticed, he sits on the chair. The only thing that, you know, sometimes he doesn't know where to put his feet. Have you ever noticed? Like, like. And so I'm going to, I'm going to try to, like, sit down and engage you guys uh, at a level. So... I don't know how long you think I can sit down. <laughs> My mom, don't you love your mamas? Because she's like, N not very long. So, but guess where I got that from? <laughs> the person that like literally just drove back from Florida yesterday and, uh, or the day before and is here. And so here are my notes. Okay. It's literally, I don't have an iPad. I do have my phone because I'm going to read a scripture here in a minute. But I do want to ask you, hey, he's up. Where are you? Where are you at? Today is going to be a good day to look in the mirror. The Bible tells us that's what the Word of God really is. It's a looking glass. It allows us to look and to behold in the mirror what the scriptures, what the Word of God instructs you and I as to who we are, as defined by our Creator, not defined by anything else. To know where we're at and where we're going. It is, that word is that lamp and light so that we have a pathway, so that we know where our next step goes. And sometimes that's all you've got is literally just the next step. And that's a bad place to be is when you can't see far enough down the road and all you can do is just have enough illumination, enough light to put one foot down. 
But that builds faith, and it builds confidence, and it builds trust. But none of this happens outside of community. So my question today is, where are you? Where are you at with your walk with God? Where are you at as a wife, as a husband, as a kid, as a father, as a mom? Whatever role, and the roles in here are infinite. At work, where are you at? My guess is nobody in here feels that they are at where they want to be in every place in their life. Could we, could we probably agree on that? Okay, Anybody here, like literally, and it's please, it's okay to raise your hand because I want your autograph. Um, are, you know, is anybody here like, I'm absolutely at every place in my life, every role I hold, I am right where I need to be and want to be, and it's good. I mean, there's some days you get work right, and you can't get parenting right. And then there's some days you get parenting right, and work goes off the rails. Then there's days you get both of those right, and then you found out you were a bad son or a daughter. And you're like, oh, I forgot that I was that. And then you get that straightened out, and then you forget, and then one of them slips away, and then you forget like, Oh, um, yeah, this whole community, church, believer, we're overwhelmed, we're overworked, we're overtaxed. Oh, sorry. Um, But we're overworked, we're overwhelmed, we're on the run. It seems like life is so busy and it's so fast, and when do you come up and catch your breath? Where are you at? Next slide, because I'm only going like 23 minutes today. Why do I get laughed at so much? So I get the after Easter message. So... I was excited about that because what do we do after Easter? Okay, we serve a risen Savior. High five the person next to you and be like, he's alive. How does that relate to us? You start looking at scriptures after the risen Savior, after Jesus comes out of the tomb. Todd, nice job. Nice job on the, um, the tomb thing. I like, I like the, uh, the linen here, just like the word, like folded neatly. Just, that's, that's beautiful. We serve a risen Savior. What happened after Easter? How did things change? Because if you know a lot about Jesus' life prior to the cross, there were a lot of large group interactions. Jesus was in a lot of crowds. He got stuck in a lot of crowds. He was crucified in a crowd. He was mocked and jeered. He rode into Jerusalem. In a crowd. Crowds gathered. He did the Sermon on the Mount in a crowd. And so you see a lot of of the life of Jesus prior to the cross, a lot of large activity. There was a lot of private moments, but you see that he often ministered in large gatherings. But I don't think that was his heart. He, like you and I, created for intimacy, created for community, created for the one-on-one, created for the Mickey D's, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning, that's ah, too early, uh, the 9 o'clock in the morning, 10.30 breakfast if you're a lunch person, whenever, those are the moments you get jazzed up about. Those are the moments when lives change when you sit down with somebody and you just say, how are you doing today? And they go, not well. And you go, why? And you begin that back and forth of trying to help somebody unpack what's going on in their life. And so if you look at what happened after Easter, you see Luke 24, walk to Emmaus. And I just kind of did straight across. If you see kind of the blue, it's kind of like the snapshot of what happened. If you go across to the other side, it kind of tells you how many people were involved in that interaction. The walk to Emmaus, it's like two people and Jesus. You look at the dinner that happens right after Emmaus when when Jesus goes into the house. It's just a small group. And you see all of the interactions that Jesus seems to want to do on purpose. He does in very intimate, small moments. Even the interaction with Thomas. It's not in front of a crowd. He doesn't have thousands around him when he says, Thomas, put your finger in the nail holes and in the hole in my side. When you see that he appears and then he ascends, when you look to where he appears to his disciples while he's fishing, it's very intimate. The Bible paints a a small group setting. And even the Great Commission, when he tells his disciples, this is what I want you to go and do. He's not doing it in front of thousands. Now, I would have done that in front of thousands. 
I mean, if you're trying to get people to follow you, don't we want to put on a big production, right? If I want everybody to go, dude, anybody can do that. It's got to be like God and he's got, we got to follow him. Wouldn't you want to invite everybody to come watch you like float up into heaven? I mean, wouldn't that, wouldn't you think that that would seal the deal? That'd seal the deal for me, right? I mean, if some dude said, hey, you want to really know that I'm the Messiah, that I'm the risen Savior, that I'm going back to sit at the right hand of my Father, then come here at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, and I'm going to do a prayer. I'm going to tell you what to do, and you're going to watch me just, like, disappear into the clouds. If I'd have seen that, I'd been like, I'm following that dude. Like, whatever he says, I'm doing it. So sometimes I don't get Jesus' vibe. I don't get what he's after because, like, why wouldn't you have had everybody, everybody in Israel, everybody in the, like, you could have got the word out. He didn't have any problem attracting groups and crowds before. And you would have thought, man, how big would the church have been so quickly? Man, they would have had hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of disciples and volunteers. People would have been signing up on pledge cards like, yes, wow, this dude just went back to heaven. Yes. He does it intimately in small settings. And that bothers us, I think, as kind of like good capitalists. Like in this big splash, mic drop, video production society we live in. And listen, I'm like the king of Facebook, man. I, I mean, you know, just drop it out there. I'll do a crazy video. You've seen some of my videos on Facebook. I'll run around Chilcothy in a T-shirt and jump over, like, light posts and climb trees. And listen, I get it. And it feels good when you're like, ooh, I got 57,000 views. Like, I did a stupid shark video, like, four or five years ago. It went viral, literally, like, millions and millions of views, like, Today Show stuff. A shark video because people were getting eaten up the beach by sharks like the week before. We see like a bull shark in the water. I'm like, oh. I didn't have the camera the right way. Some dude literally cussed me out on Facebook because he's like, the next time you're taking a video of a shark getting ready to eat your children, make sure it's in like landscape mode. <laughs> All right. I'll make sure to flip the phone down next time while I'm telling my kids like, Kids, the shark's going to eat you. Hold on. Noah, would you go back out for another? Like, I think we can, you know, this could really get good. Um, you know, it, why? Because, it, you know, all the interactions. We live in a big society that puts a lot of value on big production and big noise and smoke. If you've ever gone to a, any, basically any kind of game, like it's NBA, NFL, it is all, it's, it's too much. But you love it. You're just like, wow. Then you're like rockets and dancers and I mean, people coming out and like, like mascots on like four-wheelers. And like the Chicago Bulls have some Benny the Bull dude. And he'll like zip line, like clear out the United Center. And like you got like mascots dunking and, and just, you know, and, and, and flashing lights. And I get it. Some of you, that's not your vibe. But it works. It sells. These are billion-dollar, trillion-dollar industries. Why? Flashing lights. And Jesus kind of moves away from that a lot. And he says, I just want to get to know you. And so you see all of these incidences. You see all of these moments. Listen to the walk to Emmaus. But before I get to that, I'm going to read you my notes. Is that okay? People, and I think I made this up, so I, I don't recall like seeing this. People would rather have present than perfect. People would rather have present than perfect. We spend so much time trying to get everything straight, everything good, everything just lined up, getting ourselves made up, getting ourselves straightened out, and if I can just get this going, and if I can just get my finances, and if I can just get this marriage under control, if I can just get my kids under control, if I can just... And then people would just rather have present and perfect. You know, nobody, no, no kid looks back and says, man, I wish my dad would have worked more. Wish my mom would have had a third and fourth job. I wish I would have seen them less. I mean, in the, some of you are like, well, you didn't know my parents. Like, in the moment, yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> you know, there were a few times I took a, I love to keep birthday cards. I'm like, 
Used to be a pack rat. I've been set free from it. Um, but I used to get, when I get mad at my parents because, you know, they disciplined me, I'd go up and find like, you know, I had a shoebox full. My mom can attest that like of every Christmas, birthday, whatever card ever, like in a shoebox. And I'd get mad at them because they didn't say or they disciplined me or they did something I didn't like. And I just would find one where it says, we love you, mom and dad. And I just like, <laughs> sometimes if it was real egregious, I just ripped a card up. Like somehow they A, knew or I don't want to say they cared, but like, you know, just kid expressing themselves like, nah, you don't love me. You know, <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's funny because... Now on the flip side, having lost my dad nine years ago, I, you know, we, we've all lost people. We, I, one more day, right? If I could, I'd, what would you give for one more day with somebody that you can't be with anymore? What, one more day. Just, I think his old country song says one more, but then you'd want one more day, and you'd want one more day, and that's just a, like you, you, don't, you didn't care about their job title at that point. You don't care about what they did for a living. You just want one more day just to hang. You wouldn't need to go to King's Island. You wouldn't want to go to any, you just, just sit on a porch. God, just sit in the middle of a field. And so people would rather you be present than perfect, but we spend so much time working on getting perfect and getting good and getting saved and getting religious and getting all of these things and getting rich and getting paid and getting to secure the bag and all of, and people just want present. They just want to know they can pick up a phone, that they can text, that they can call, that they can say, hey, I, and we've created a dynamic here called small groups, that when done right, gives you that vehicle. It gives you those moments because there's people there that will at some point, they'll tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. But when you weep, they'll weep with you. When you can't walk, they'll pick you up and carry you. When you can't make it, they'll make it for you. Why? Because that's community. That is exactly how Jesus intended his church to move. And so people would rather have presence than perfect. And I am okay, my kid's not in here. So he freaks out if I mention that I have a kid. Um, but I struggle parenting my son. Struggle. He is not easy. And he would say that I'm not easy to live with. I get I get it. I struggle. Because he's into everything. He requires no sleep. Thanks, Mom. I thought it was cool when I didn't need sleep until you have offspring that don't need sleep. And then you're like, you know, Bella will be like, it's 8.30. She'll be like, can we stop talking? I'm going to go to bed. I love everybody night. And we'll go just get in bed and fall asleep. And you're like, yes, and then Noah just waits for us to pass out because he's like, your guys are old. <laughs> and then on a school night, he'll be up till 3 or 4 a.m. You're like, you're horrible parents. Probably. I can't stay up with him all night. They said don't give him too much bourbon. So I don't know. NyQuil. They, <laughs> they said stop doing that. I, but listen, there are times that I am an absolute failure. I lose my temper with him all the time and yell at him because he's frustrating. Noah, I don't need you to rewire the living room. Nothing was wrong with all of the electrical sockets. Not a thing. You're not a welder. But dad, Google. Google is from Satan himself, unless, unless I need it. Dad, guess what? I learned that if you take two nickels and put them in a microwave with a cord out the I came home one night a couple years ago. I don't even know. I think I'd been to the hospital to pray with. I think it was, was Will, my brother-in-law, down in Jackson. It's like 2.33 in the morning. I come in. He's baking a cake. <laughs> Straight up, he's baked a cake and says, I don't even like the cake. I just was bored. <laughs> now, I know some of you have been like, well, let's get a scripture, our favorite scripture, and just work through this. You were told to go to bed four hours ago, and it's okay. What are you doing? And then he like tears up and you know, it's just like, I'm like, I say things I shouldn't say and he says things he shouldn't say. But at the end of the day, you know what? Noah just wants me there. 
He'd still rather have me present than perfect. And I've got to get beyond feeling sometimes like I'm a horrible dad and recognize that he's never going to look back and go, man, I wish dad had another job. I wish dad spent more time doing this. And he just wants to know that I'm there. Man, isn't that community? We are waiting for these things to happen that are never going to happen, that amazingly happen inside community. But we're waiting for those to get lined up so we can get involved in a small group or in community. Or we don't, I don't like to talk about my feelings. Then don't. Bring the veggie tray. Get a seven-foot piece of celery and gnaw on it. Like a rabbit on steroids and just stare awkwardly at people while they share. People will still love you for that. You'll just be the really cool like veggie tray person bringer. But my guess is at some point, you're going to realize that these people want to get to know you and want to help you unpack life and will call you at any time of the day. We'll come visit you wherever you're at. And you're like, that's pretty cool. Next slide, because I don't know, like four or five. What's this mean to us? Well, first of all, as believers, we are commanded to go spread the good news. Frank Sinatra was not original when he said start spreading the news. Okay, neither was Philadelphia cream cheese. That's Jesus' commandment. Spread it. A contagion, an infection. That's what we're commanded to do. As believers, we were told, isn't, isn't it funny? I grew up apostolic. Some of you are like, oh, help him, Jesus. Um, dude, I'm so grateful for that. I, lo- I love my heritage. But I'm going to tell you what, man. You talk about a Sunday production. Everything was Sunday-driven, or Wednesday, or the Friday night youth session, or the seven-week straight revival, 49 straight days. But, hey, who's bitter, right? So, you know, some of y'all kids, man, you just don't know what revival is. Um, (laughs) Every night, I mean, like, Saturdays too? Yes, and twice on Sundays. Man. And you just, you just did church. And and Sunday was like, you kind of just picked up this, this, awkward vibe like if I had a friend that needed like saved or helped I'd wait till like the next church service that was nobody ever said it it just was it made sense right like you need to you need to get you need to come hang out with us on Sunday man Sunday's coming there's probably an album or something called Sunday's coming it's probably a song Sunday's coming well as believers now's coming every believer can and should minister like, we should be baptizing people in swimming pools on Monday nights, or we should be praying with people in, in like, Kroger because that's just what we want to do. That's just what we are. It's not a Sunday experience. Now, this ha- is super important. This is biblical, the gathering and the assembling together. But it's, so what greater mic drop production NBA explosion moment was there than the day of Pentecost? Like, 3,000, be- Boom. Peter is like, they're all just yapping in tongues, and people are like, they're drunk. And Peter never denied they were drunk. He just said, you're not drunk like you think we're drunk. He never said they weren't. He's like, we're just drunk in the spirit. And I mean, you know, we're like, wow, that's crazy. What, what are they commanded to do? What do they start doing immediately after maybe the greatest New Testament explosion that involved the whole town, the whole world, the whole community? What did they start doing? Breaking bread and going house to house. They decided, because you know what, I'm going to say we, if, you, if you're not in this, I'm sorry. Just back out like the back door. You know what we would have done? Immediately tried to have another Pentecost. Because if it worked once, it worked twice. We would have figured out, well, we got to have another big, big moment. Listen, big moments happen, they happen. They're organic. We don't run from them. They're not non-biblical. But immediately, they start going house to house. The Bible says they gave everything. They like sold everything and just gave it away. They, they took care of each other. And you're like, it sounds like communism. No, it's not communism. It's not socialism. It's called like Bibleism. They lived out life together the best way they knew how, which is they didn't have churches to run to. Nobody built the next church. And they weren't real welcome in the synagogue. Nobody was like, hey, if you want to rent our building on Wednesday nights, definitely not. Like them Jesus freaks just got to go. And so the only place they could was go home to home and eat 
and enjoy each other and break the word and share and uplift one another. And I get it, like the two times are very different. But are they? You don't think they weren't scared out of their minds? You don't think their society wasn't crumbling all around them? You don't think evil wasn't at every corner? You don't think false religions and false government and corruption weren't rampant? They just knew they needed each other. And why community not believing? them? And, and God just poured onto me, James 2 and 17, faith without works is dead. And he talks about, you can talk about faith all you want, but at some point you've got to get down to doing it. At some point you can say, well, I've got all the faith in the world that, and then insert whatever statement. But at some point, faith without action is dead, abiding alone. If you truly have faith that it's going to work, that it's going to happen, you've got to take steps toward that. And will it go just right? No, because imperfect people are trying to kind of like handle perfect things. It's, why would God give us any kind of say in his perfection, his word? Because immediately, as soon as he hands it off, we fight about it, we beat each other with it, we, we get mad, we pout, we, my group sucks, man, I hate my group, they just, they just talk about Jesus all the time, and I'd then find a different group. Bye, Felicia. Like, you know, it, it, listen, I, there's a whole lot of groups that I probably wouldn't click in. And we get all bent out of shape like somebody doesn't like me. It's not the group God called them to. Start your own group. Maybe you don't fit because God has decided you're the next leader of a small group and maybe your home will work just nice and you got people in your neighborhood that really ought to come over to your house and you can break bread. Sometimes God will just start shutting doors because he's trying to get... You didn't listen. The first 21 somehow subliminal messages that Aaron might have preached or that you might have run into. So he's like, watch this. I'm just going to make you an outcast and a pariah. I'm going to go find a different church. That's not going to fix either. That won't fix it either. Maybe God's put a leadership man on you to believe and to say, you know what? Well, what if my group's not successful and it only has four people? When did we start putting numbers on success? I mean, I'd love to have a saved calculator on the wall so that we could validate our existence. I mean, I think they got saved. They look saved. I mean, they, they, they brought, hey, somebody brought a food, but click it one more time, John. I mean, we would start it like a ball game. And this isn't like numbers don't validate. What validated is the blood of Jesus. What validates it is the sacrifice that he paid and he rose again. And he gave us the commandment to live it out together. And this is not just the only setting that needs to be in. Listen, I hate... I'm not super fond of the drive out here. Sorry. Like, God, I passed 59 churches. Yes, I counted once. 59 to get out here. Green Township. Growing up, Zane Trace was like a dirty word to a cavalier. Like, I mean, it wasn't bad as Uniota, but still, I mean, you know, like St. Trace, that's a rival. That's like a Ross County, you know, hmm. I mean, they're trying to get the colors right. Blue and white, they, 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 do, they do have, you know, but, and I'm like, why am I out here? Because my wife and I needed community. I didn't need another church. I needed a group of people that would accept us for where we were at and who we were and, and then say, hey, that's, that's cool. You got some strange beliefs sometimes, bro. You're weird, bro. Now, she's very normal. I mean, for whatever that means. But, I mean, she's with me, but, <laughs> but I mean, nobody's ever looked at me and been like, you're just like everybody else. Generally not a thing said about me. And people just were like, oh, we were just burnt out. We'd run the race so hard, we couldn't run any longer. And we found people that would be like, that's fine, we'll carry you. Or if nothing else, while you're laying there on a track, we'll bring you water. <laughs> Blew a tire, we'll go, to the, we'll go to the side of Shoe Mart and get you a new pair so you can keep running a race. What's it going to take? And it didn't really, it wasn't rocket science, we just wanted to be loved. 
Because we were in leadership our whole lives. From like day one of our marriage, we were leading. And you can get busy leading and forget to follow, forget to be poured into. All of a sudden you get, I can't go up and get prayed for because I'm a leader. What would people think? Oh, Greg's got marriage problems. He went up front. Uh, and then, you know, oh, some of you are like, well, I'm sorry you struggle with that thought. You all have sat there the same time, knew you should have come up and got prayed for, and what happens is you talked yourself right on out of it because, well, somebody's going to think I got issues, and then the Facebook post six months ago, they're going to take that, and then they're going to see this, and then and you need prayed for, get prayed for. It don't matter who. I appreciate this dude right here. I was one son, he's always blubbering and blabbing and crying in the back, and I love that about him, and, and I'm over here, and then here, like, I'm on the prayer team, and then here comes the pastor. <laughs> Pastors don't get prayed for in public, because <laughs> only the pastor can pray for you. How did the pastor pray for himself? But he figured out a while back he's not going to make it if he doesn't have community. He's not going to make it if he doesn't take pride and say, See ya. I need prayed for. I need prayed for. That only happens when you're committed to community. So faith without works. Faith propels us to action because we, we have to take God at His word. We know... <laughs> Faith is like, hey, you can't see it. You've got no evidence it's happening or going to happen, but you just act like it's already done. We're real good at that. See, I can't see it, and I don't even see evidence that whatever needs to happen is happening, but I'm to live out life as if it's already happened. No problem. And then everything goes completely opposite of the way it needs to be going. And I'm sure none of it, I mean, I'm sure I'm the only one. It's like, well, I must have heard God wrong. I better change what I'm doing because, well, clearly, God, oh, the message got mixed up. Man, we've all gotten off side trails. If Christian were here, I'd laugh at him when he took Keith, the little, my, my little Asian buddy from uh, the relief bus. God bless Christian, but he, he just, sometimes he just goes. And he's like, Keith's like, I'd like to hike. Now, Keith is like severe diabetic, like the whole pump, the whole nine. Like, you know, you got to keep Keith near like civilization. And Christian's like, let's go to the side of trails. It's, you know, we'll just kick it. And Christian's like, gets in his hippie mode, like telephones are evil and throw them in a the seat. And well, that's, that's great until you're lost inside of trails with an Asian dude who don't know karate. And it's like, um, my, my number's like 611, is that bad? And, you know, we've all gotten off on a side trail because we really, we, well, this trail isn't taking me where I need to take, and well, this one looks all right. We've all got off on a trail real bad somewhere, and then we find out our numbers aren't right, it's not happening. I'm telling you, man, come back to the trail. Come back to the path where Jesus is like, listen, you got to do life together. you got to break bread together. you got to be at one another's houses together. You've got to crave that. Faith will propel you to action. Love keeps you from not being present. It would be really weird of me to go, well, I love my wife so much, I'm just going to leave. Most of you being like, what? Well, she just, I'm just not that good. She, she would be like, get over your pity party, shut up, sit down. Um, but People don't want perfect. They want present. Faith keeps you acting. Faith keeps you involved in the work of the ministry, even when it's not going the way you think it should go. Love keeps you from inaction. Because you love somebody enough, you're going to tell them what they need to hear. You see, there's a lot of us in here that couldn't go tell each other. I mean, listen, I could point out a whole bunch of people that I'd be like, I know your face, but I think walking up to you right now and be like, I think that you're making a big mistake taking that new job. They'd probably be like, I wouldn't 
and short of the Holy Spirit literally telling me to go do it, I wouldn't do it because I don't have relationship with them. But there's a lot of you in here that I would walk up and say, hey, because I love you, because I've gotten to know you, because I, I know the character. I, we've been through some battles together. Bro, careful. You're going off the rails a little bit. Are you okay? And there's a whole lot of people in here. I would expect them to do that with me. But if some dude I've never seen came up and just sat down and be like, hey, bub. Do I know you? No. Okay. Well, I just wanted to tell you. And listen, there's already a filter up. Like, who are you? We would ask, who are you? Do I know you? You ever said that in, in kind of anger? Do I know you? You know what the number one thing is when you try to bust a kid's chops at high school? You know what their number one thing is if you're a male teacher? When they're mad at you because you're coming at them and you've not had them in class? You're not my dad. I don't know you. That's the number one thing you get. You ain't my dad. Get out of my face. Now, my brain's like, I got a lot of sweet comebacks, but I'm, not, I'm legally not permitted to say any of them. <sighs> and you don't know me. And sometimes I've got to step back as an educator and go, you're right, I don't. Let's try that again. I'm, listen, I've taught 22 years. I'm old school enough. Like, I just snatch them up and be like, knock it off. Da -da. They've probably been enough in their life already. They probably don't need another one. Probably need somebody to get to know them. But that's not easy. Next slide. I think, I think we're wrapping it up. You're like, yeah, right. We want to do small groups right, not just do them to do them. Listen, there's a lot of things Aaron probably rather do than just do things. Like, I think I'll just do small groups. That's really cool. Could watch Ohio State football and all the YouTube reruns, or I could do small groups. I, you know, small, small, <laughs> quiet, buddy. Because I do watch a lot of those Michigan reruns on YouTube, like the last 18 years. So there's a couple years I miss, skip though. Today's a relaunch. Today's like summer session. Some of you are like, it's 47 degrees. You're right. Sorry, Mom. So group relaunch today. If you're, not in a, if you're not in a group, we're giving you that opportunity today to go find a group. You can get on the app and find a group. I don't like people. I don't either some days. A lot of days. But some people. Get on an app. Get in touch with us via the, the, the Church T app. Ask me. If you don't know anybody in here, and you're like, that guy holding a mic, he seems funny. He's strangely cool. I don't know. Ask me. I'll, I'll be like, listen, you don't want to be in my group because it's kids. It's teenagers. And you probably wouldn't. You may be there like, like me on the kind of like IQ quotient. That may be where you're just stuck. I get it. I feel you. That's where I'm at. But, you know, but hey, I know somebody that knows exactly what group you need to be in. I, I think I got a perfect group you could be in. But I don't like meeting new people. Bring the veggie tray. <laughs> Sit on the porch. <laughs> Skype in, I guess, the first time. Like, we'll, listen, we'll go to about any link to get you connected. I can Skype in, I, I guess. I mean, eventually we hope that you stop Skyping in, you just show up. But that'd be really cool. That's a start. We'll, am I right? We'll try to make every allowance to get somebody connected because it's in connection that you're going to find growth. We'll give you off-ramps. That's why we take breaks. Anybody ever been burnt out at some facet of your life? Anybody, anybody been burnt out? Oh, I see some people I need to talk to because you're like, I've never been burnt out. Give me a burnout right now. You're exhausted. You're thinking if he shut up, I get a Sunday nap in before. <laughs> All the chucklers said amen. <laughs> Why? Because our group leaders have to assess where things go well, where things not go well. We, we need, and you've got to give leaders a break. Some of you are like, you need to come talk to my boss. Oh, I, I, gladly. Come I'll come tell your boss. Everybody needs a paid month off. 
the mission. Luke 14, he says, I want you to go invite to this like really big feast. Because guess who you invite to feasts? Rich, important people. It's only about four of you can come, right? But I, I just quickly, is like the poor, the lame, the crippled, the blind, basically all the outcasts in Bible time, all the people that never got invited to nothing. We're not talking about participation trophies, chill. I'm talking about like people getting a chance to come to the table. Everybody deserves to come to the table and eat. But he does tell you to invite probably the communists too. If they don't come, they don't come. But don't get it. Well, I really didn't give them the invitation. You piece of crap, you can come here to the table if you want. They didn't come, so I tried. Like, you might want to pray before in, in approaching some people that you don't see eye to eye with. He'd tell you to even invite Bernie Sanders to the table. He's like, yeah, Bernie needs Jesus. Well, he'll tell you to invite Donald Trump too. Oh, ouch. Baseball players, moms and dads and kids and drug addicts and porn addicts and dads that fly off to the handle, moms that are angry at life and stuck in a rut and sons and daughters feel victimized and the person that hates their job, even Browns and Bengals fans, get to come to the table. Sorry, bro. I got an amen from Patrick. Guess what? Everybody gets a chance to come to the table. And this isn't the setting that brings community. Because for most of us, we won't see each other for another seven days, maybe 14 or 21 or 28 or next Easter or Christmas or something, if this is it. Well, I listen to podcasts. That's awesome. Yeah, I love podcasts. I love Craig Rochelle. I've never met the dude. He could be a snake for all I know. Love his podcasts. Dude could be burying bodies in his backyard. I don't know. Why? Because I don't know the guy. Well, his fruits. I, I love his podcast. But I don't do life with Craig Rochelle. Craig Rochelle's not calling me up on the phone like, Greg, you doing all right today? Thanks, Craig. It doesn't mean I don't listen to his podcast and he doesn't pour into my life and he doesn't give me good things. But I need dudes. I need people. You do. And so you grow best in intentional settings that have accountability. And accountability is tough. Because sometimes it means, guys, I've fallen way short as a parent, as a brother, as a Christian. But it's really nice when people look at you and go, you know what? Anybody here hasn't? So guess what? You're among friends. And that's really cool when people validate that the way you feel is okay but they don't intend to leave you where you feel. Jesus will accept you any way, shape, and form. He just doesn't intend to leave you there. Next slide. It might be the one you're looking for. So this, I'm going to close on communism. Some of you are like, you're weird, man. Small group dilemma. Russia, 1917. Take over the church in 1920. 22 Bolsheviks, Communist Revolution. Russia, for about the previous 150 years, I'm not giving you a history lesson. I know you already know all this stuff. Basically, it set up their church. was pretty much dominated by a hierarchy. Bishops and priests and all sorts of things. And, and that's where you went to get fed. And if they were gone, people didn't know what to do. Is that simple? Well, the Russian... Russian church had been steeped in tradition and become very top-heavy. It depended on their leaders to give directions, clarification, and basically the daily bread. Guess what? They didn't survive the communist takeover. Church was obliterated, and pretty much until the fall of communism, while there were some underground churches for sure, it did not flourish in the Soviet Union. They didn't know what to do when every leader was either killed or put in prison. Who's going to tell me what to do? Chinese figured this out. If you notice, 1949, it's about 25, 27 years or so into the future. The Chinese figured out what was coming, the Chinese church. They started equipping their believers. Go look it up. It's, it's simple history. They began equipping the believers to be leaders because they knew what was They knew that very shortly there was going to be a communist insertion or takeover in the country of China. And that church as they knew it was not going to exist. 
And so they had a 25-year jump on training their disciples, their leaders, their followers. When you can't come to church legally, here's what we're going to do. Under Mao Zedong, one of the most brutal regimes to ever be on this earth, church grew from an estimated 2 million Christians to 8 million Christians when it was illegal. Because they knew to go house to house. They trained for it. They knew that if they couldn't meet in a place like this legally, that's okay. We're still meeting. And the church grew because it became in stark contrast to what communism was offering, was the freedom and the hope offered in Jesus Christ. And persecution saw the Chinese underground church explode. Persecution, persecution, top heavy. I've got to wait to get instructions. Every believer can minister. Every believer can lead. Every believer ought to be sharing the gospel with the people that God's put in your life. God didn't ask you to come to Aaron's small group and take it over. God didn't ask you to Wanda's business and, and place of employment and start preaching. She's there. She'll take care of that. God didn't ask you to come to Chilgali High School. He's got people there. You're where you're at right now for a season and a reason. Start doing community. Start doing life. I think in the next slide, there might be some applause. Am I right, John? <laughs> it doesn't say the end. He's like, there's no more slides, bro. So we're getting ready to do group, re group relaunch. Man, it's 1129. I heard a tambourine jiggle. <laughs> Sandra, did you just shake that tambourine because I said it was 1129? <laughs> so it comes back to this. Where are you? Are you in desperate need of community? I mean, I know the answer to that, but you've got to come up with that on your own. You've got to look in the mirror into the Word of God and realize that Jesus did life intimately with people. And he knew that out of intimacy would be the explosion of the gospel. You all know what we would have done. Ever. We'd have had a huge, big, giant event, and then we'd have tried to replicate Pentecost every Sunday. And we'd have been real frustrated because, A, we were worn out, couldn't keep it going. Everybody was exhausted because the same nine people had to do the production, and they're burnt out. And then we realize at the end of the day, the relationships that matter are the ones that matter. The ones you intentionally seek out and create. And Jesus, after Easter, just starts spending just every moment just seems to be in small group setting and intimate setting. He doesn't do a whole lot of big group things anymore. Well, he was a fugitive. Dude, he could walk through walls. He wasn't worried about being a fugitive. He'd literally conquered death, hell, and the grave and rose again. He wasn't worried about soldiers and courts. He'd already died and shed blood. He just starts walking through walls into people's houses in his translated body. Hey, guys. He wasn't worried about being seen. He just wanted to be seen to the people he'd done life with. You go, but, but Jesus is so... He, he, he took the long route. Yeah, he plays the long game. And our society plays nothing but the short game. And we get bored with it, tired with it. You've got to invest in community. So we're going to give you an opportunity today to invest in community. Go right across that hall and we're done here. Don't turn left. Well, I'm already in a group. Go hang out. Go Make sure you hug at least six people. I don't like to hug. Well, fist pound six people. I'm a germaphobe. Spray your fist every time. I, <laughs> interact with people. They want it. They need it. They love it. Like, I got a big hug from my boy Derek here in a minute. Big hug. I mean, like, probably awkward. Y'all should probably leave. Like, let's go hug him. Because I love, he's like, you touch me, bro. <laughs> oh, you only want the holy, whoa. <laughs> People want to know you care. And sometimes caring is just as simple as, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for pouring into me, man. Thanks for loving me. Thanks for always having a box of tissues when I start snotting up. Simple things like that. It's okay to just be like, hey, I don't even know you, but thanks for being born. 
Thanks for coming. It's awesome. Our community is awesome. And yeah, it's got downfalls. You'll get on each other's nerves. Oh. But where there's friction, wait, iron sharpens iron. You don't think there's sparks when iron hits iron? You don't think there's heat produced when iron sharpens iron? Oh. People are going, people are going to get into my stuff? Yeah. Because you've been putting it on Facebook for the last eight years anyway. You might as well get in a small group and at least let people like unpack it with you. Instead of everybody validating on Facebook that you deciding to do X, Y, and Z is the coolest thing ever. You might as well get in a group and you can still keep Facebook. It's awesome. And let's pray. Father, the question poses, where are you at? Where am I? Where am I as a husband, as a father? Where am I as just a Christ follower? And I can't always answer that the way I know I should. There are times I have to answer that and I say passive. Sometimes I'm really a man and I'm passive aggressive. That's the worst. Sometimes I just want to sit on the sidelines. But you know what? Because I've invested in people, because you've put people in my small group, they'll call me out. They'll say, hey, Greg. Stand up and start walking again. But I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired too, so let's just support each other. Sometimes the right text comes through at just the right moment, and it just says, hey, just thinking about you today. See, I can't text people in here. There's people in here. I don't even have your phone number. But God, you've created intentional community, and there are people in here that need to lead a group. So while we're praying to join a group, there are some people in here need to leave their group because they're kind of getting, like, uncomfortable in it. God, I pray that we see the explosion of groups because we'll do them right. But yeah, you'll fail at your group sometimes, but I'm not a good speaker. Neither was Moses. He still got stuff done. You'll, God will send you an errand. But I'm not, I don't have a nice house. There'll be somebody in here who's got a house that they'll let you use. I don't like veggie trays. Then do a keto group. I don't care. But God, we need to connect with people where they're at. We need to remind people that community is so valuable. Because it holds us accountable and it pushes us to be better. And then when iron sharpens iron, there's going to be heat and friction and sparks. But that's called life. That's called love. Because you said, to whom I love, I discipline. If you didn't love us, you wouldn't snatch us up from time to time. You wouldn't get in our stuff. So Jesus, thanks. Thanks for showing us what small group looked like. We didn't make this up. We didn't invent this because we were bored. It's what you did. After Easter, you started doing small groups. So we're going to as well. Jesus, thank you for loving us where we're at, but not wanting to keep us where we're at. So we go forward, and I pray everybody just walks straight into the cafe and just is, starts looking around and just talking to group leaders and just seeing what groups, just to, if nothing else, to fellowship, to hug, to love. Let's be lingerers today. Father, you're good. You're awesome. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.